0: church, I wanted to introduce our special guest speaker. I met Shamika Hatcher about five weeks ago. She's kind of been a part of our team. She's a seminary student at Fresno Pacific Biblical Seminary. And when we first initially talked about if this was going to be a good fit for her this summer, uh, I just knew it was. It was immediate. And I can't wait to hear what she has to share to our church community this morning. So please give a warm prodigal church greeting to Shamika Hatcher. All right. Good morning. Good morning, prodigal church. (laughs) I know I'm a new face, but I am so thankful that you decided to join us online this week. Welcome. Well, before we get started, let's do a small thought experiment. Really simple. I just want you to yell out at your computer screen or your device, whatever you're using the answer. Simple, right? All right, if I showed you this, what would you call this? You would call this a book, right? Or a Bible. If I asked you what this is, you would tell me it's a cup. If I held this up, what is this? A notebook, right? (laughs) I feel like I'm Dora the Explorer, and you're like, swiper, don't swipe me. <laughs> but you would call this a book, a cup, and a notebook. What if I told you that the book was actually a table, and we're supposed to eat off of it? You would yell at the screen no of course that's not the function of the book what if i told you that this notebook was actually a car and we're supposed to drive it you would say that's crazy (laughs) why would you say that you're supposed to write in that that's not its function and so on and so forth if i told you the cup had a different function than drinking out of Raise your hand at home if any of you guys Googled or researched the answer to any of those items as I asked you. Did you go and research the name of this and where it comes from and its function? Or did you already know? And the simple answer, of course, is where are you going with this? We already know what that is. Everyone knows what that is. It is prior knowledge. It's common knowledge most of you don't even know when was the first time you came in contact with the fact that this was a book this was a notebook and this is a cup you just know that you know it you're trusting whatever the source is for that information when I was in the military um, we would go through basic training (laughs) and we had about eight weeks of basic training and the first week was zero week zero week is terrible (laughs) (laughs) that's the easiest way that I can say that it's terrible because what they do is they reshape you into the community of the military so everything that is normal and comfortable they shake it out of you but one of the things that they teach us is that the only way that you can function in the military is if you decide to trust but verify and in normal society trust but verify sounds like you're undermining authority but in the military it was actually used for trust We trust your authority, we trust that you're correct, but we also verify the information. Almost like the scripture, iron sharpens iron. So if you should have the wrong information then we can respectfully bring it to you and now everyone has the correct information. Trust but verify. How many of you trusted that this was what I said it was and then decided to verify? None of you. None of you Either trusted or verified. You just trusted your predetermined sources. Fun fact Psychology Today estimates that we make about 35,000 decisions a day. 35,000. And we have about 80,000 thoughts that circle through our brain that help us make those decisions. And I don't care what anyone says, the hardest decision of the entire day is what you're gonna eat for dinner. (laughs) For whatever reason, that is the hardest decision. Like most of us only cook about 10 things on average and we know we're probably gonna make a pasta or tacos. Especially if you live in the valley, it's always gonna be tacos and for whatever reason I make the same I do the same thing every day like I drive past a Starbucks and I say am I gonna go to Starbucks the answer is always yes and then I look at the menu as if there's any other option other than a chai latte hot with oat milk grande and the reason why I make the same choice almost every single time is because whenever I experiment with a different choice I never like it so I trust the source of my past experiences. Human nature wants answers. We naturally have a question and we search for an answer. I asked you earlier if any of you guys had Googled what these items were called, because most of us use this device to find answers to almost everything. We use it quite often. We use it to Figure out if we're making the right decisions. Like, what school should I go to? What school should my kids go to? Should I go to college? And then, after I get to college, what degree? What major should I have? And what career do I want to work the rest of my life? And if I'm already in a career, do I want to change careers? And is that my soulmate? Should I marry that person? How much should I spend on a wedding? Should I send my kids to college? Do I have to buy their first car? There are all these questions that need answers. And most of the time we rely on Google, friends, parents, family, our church. Whatever our reliable sources are, we rely on them to help us navigate these unanswered questions. And if those questions aren't hard enough, there are bigger questions to ask. But those questions like where should I buy a house and what career should I choose and how much money do I need to make and what schools should we put our kids in are huge questions because they have huge impacts on the trajectory of our entire life. When I was a child, around the age of eight, we're gonna say eight, I have no clue how old I was, we're just going to go with the age eight. We visited a church. And if you've ever been inside of a traditional type of church, they have an altar call at the end and they invite you in for salvation, for prayer, if you want to join the church, or if you have general questions. And I fell under the general questions. So I walk up with all the confidence that I have as an eight-year-old, and we sit in the back and I look at the lady in her face and I say, how do I know God is real? And I'm gonna be honest. I was a kid's pastor for quite some time and I taught Sunday school and I also taught children the average eight-year old is not that abstract in their thinking they usually trust their source if their mom says God is real then God is real if their Sunday school teacher says God is real God is real so if you have a kid that's that abstract don't worry don't worry (laughs) I'll help you through this as we go along (laughs) so I asked this big question like how do I know that God is real and The lady looks at me with all sincerity she grabs my hand and she says sweetheart you just have to believe (sighs) and that that was not the right answer to my eight-year-old unbelieving ears and that led to me being an atheist until i was 21 because there was no way the answer to my unbelief was belief And when questions get harder like this when we have questions like is heaven real is hell real am i going to end up there am i saved what does it look like to be saved should i go there should i be friends with this kind of person should i go to church should my kids go to church am i sinning what is sinning? is this the right religion because my other friend has another religion And it's not quite like my religion what happens is when we have these really big questions is we typically try to put them in a pretty little box of answers and if we settle our hearts and our minds on that pretty little box we are then upset if someone challenges that box of answers Because we did the Google, we did the research, we talked to our family, we talked to our friends, and that is the answer. We often look to the validation of others for right choices. We are terrified that we're going to get that answer wrong. If I eat the wrong thing for too long, I can get sick. If I choose the wrong major, then I might not have a job that'll take care of my family. If I choose the wrong spouse, then my whole life will be ruined. So imagine how we feel about these huge, big questions like, is there heaven or is there hell? We're uncomfortable. Without those answers being given to us. But what if I told you (laughs) that it's fine and dandy to ask your parents and to ask your friends and to ask the church but maybe it's time to trust but verify. And in the way that we're gonna trust but verify is we're gonna go to the new source. When you become part of the kingdom of God, one of Christ followers a Christian or whatever you would like to call yourself there is a new source of information there is a new source of wisdom and that source is Jesus Christ and God and if you didn't know God welcomes unanswered questions in fact he delights in them they are encouraged now this is the complete opposite of society society does not encourage for you to not know the answer in fact you would be highly upset if you asked the pastor a question and he didn't know the answer but the lord delights in that place because then it means that you are going to rely on him to guide you in that area are you willing to trust the new source Now, the same way that you blindly trusted whoever told you that this was a book and that this was a notebook and that this was a cup, we need to blindly trust the Lord. But that is pretty complicated. So let's go to scripture. We're in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 And tomorrow thrown into the fire will he not much more clothe you you of little faith so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all the things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's unpack that. You might be asking, what does the scripture have to do with all the things that I talked about before? It's heavily connected because when we have unanswered questions, it usually moves into this source of worry. We are worried about the answers that we get to these unanswered things because it could mess everything all up. If we pick the wrong spouse, that could be detrimental. If we pick the wrong career, we might be poor. If we pick the wrong house, now we just invested a large sum of money in something that we're not happy with. All of these choices are big choices. So it leads us in the space of, if we don't get the answer right, then we mess everything all up. So we have a sense of worry and anxiety associated with these large life choices. One of the most interesting things that I have found is that when we come into contact with choices and we don't know what the answer is, most of us will stay very stagnant most of us just won't make a choice one way or another because we can't figure out which way is the right way and which way is the wrong way and that causes worry as well and we do the same thing when it comes to religion and choices to go to church we don't know which church to go to so we just don't go to church we don't know which religion to join so we just don't do anything at all because it's easier to just do nothing at all than it is to make a choice and walk with it but as we're reading this scripture, what you're finding is all of these things that you're concerned about, the Lord already knew that you would have concern for them. He already created a solution so much so that he cares so much for every other part of creation that he gets to show you that if I cared for this part of creation, then I care for you so much more. Will you trust the source? As we're reading through the scripture we see practical things like what will I wear what will I eat where will I live and these are questions that we have to answer all the time and here the the Bible is telling us don't worry about those things and so I can I can hear you saying (laughs) I can hear you saying Shamika What do you mean i'm not supposed to worry about work and and eating and living and what school i'm supposed to go to and what i'm supposed to drive what do you mean i'm not supposed to worry about these things how is that possible that i'm not supposed to worry about those things are you telling me that i should give up all of my money and i should give up all of my accolades and i should move somewhere and and just trust the lord and just not put any effort into it no absolutely not it's not what i'm telling you what i'm telling you is that society gave you a formula for how life was supposed to go you were supposed to go to school go to college or find a trade get a good job find a wife or a husband have some children Enjoy yourself in vacation once a year. Buy the nice house, buy two nice little cars, and send your kids to college. And smile on the porch when your grandkids come to visit. That's the formula. And if you're anything short of that formula, then you have failed. You've done something wrong somewhere in the road of life. So no, I'm not telling you that these things are not important. What I'm telling you is the scripture says they absolutely are important and the Lord knows that they're important, which is why you shouldn't worry because he's already figured these things out for you. So how do we get to responding to the source? We get there by getting so close to God and in so much of a close relationship with him that his desire and my desire don't look different. They're no longer separated. So as I'm confused about these big life answers, I trust him to leave them unanswered or I trust my circle, I answer them and then I surrender them to him. I surrender those answers to God hopes that if this is not the right answer that he will replace it when I was eight years old and I asked the lady how do I know God is real and she said you have to just believe she said that genuinely not realizing that she didn't have an answer to that question so, what I'm urging you to do is to learn how to be so close to the Lord in your prayer life, in your reading about Him, in your talking to Him daily, that you are no longer uncomfortable with not knowing. You become comfortable in the understanding that even if you don't know, you know where the source is. He knows what you need. Will you trust the source?